everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm wonderful, Robbie. This episode is obviously a brilliant takedown of the current corporate structure and the inherent flaws in capitalism. Uh, <laughs> you might be reading a little too deeply into this episode, Matt. Are you sure, Robbie? I'm pretty sure there was quite the uh, indictment of I, the capitalistic system Matt, in this. Matt, if you want an indictment of capitalism, just like look out your window. That's all. You don't need to. We don't need to watch <laughs> episodes. Hi, guys. Hope you're doing okay out there, taking care of yourself, washing your hands, all those good things. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You can get access to all of our bonus content. We really appreciate everyone who does support us there. Uh, before we get going, our Facebook page got taken down again. And I've appealed again. So we'll see if that happens, if they care. If, they even, if anyone's paying attention. If you follow if you uh, follow us on Facebook, like us on Facebook, uh, maybe go on twitter i'm I'm still looking at alternative things maybe they because eventually maybe they might not reinstate us and i'll just won't have a facebook page and then i have an excuse to oh, not shucks i have an excuse oh, to not be so on, awful i have an excuse to not be on facebook anymore but uh if you do follow us and like us on facebook maybe try maybe just go on twitter and just follow us because that's the easiest other place other i don't know i'm or it's okay i i hate social media too our, this week's episode is C.E. Doe, episode EABF10, originally aired March 16th, 2003, written by Dana Gould, directed by Mike B. Anderson, finished with 13 million viewers, roughly 20th overall for the week, number one on Fox that night. Uh, the couch gag is a flipbook, uh, animation flipbook without actual human hand. I believe we've also seen this one prior in this season. Yep, we're that part of the season where they're just repeating them again and again. Yeah, five or six or seven or eight or whatever in a row. Repeated couch gags. Uh, no guest stars in this episode, which I can't... Oh. It's been a bit since we had an episode without a guest star, which is something. It's like they're relying on actual plot now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, hmm. Sort of. Sort of, kind of. Um, I don't, maybe a little too much at times, <laughs> a little bit, uh, especially let's say in this first act, perhaps, uh, maybe, I, 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 Hey, put, I'll put my cards on the table. I like this episode. Really? Okay. I, I was wondering because I, I wouldn't say that I thought this was a great episode, but I was like, huh, this is not bad. I like it. It has problems. Oh, yeah. But they're not, like, crazy, b terrible problems. You know, they they are... They don't get in the... They don't get too much in the way of me enjoying the episode. Episode begins with Bart and Lisa watching Itchy and Scratchy. Pretty good Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, we get poor Scratchy skin ripped off and then dropped out of an airplane. Or, a plane and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. It's pretty good. Uh, but it it turns out it's Valentine's Day. So we learn a little bit about Homer's plans and then also his disappointments. So, kids, it's Valentine's Day. And you know what that means? You get to stay downstairs watching TV with the sound turned way up. What about you and Mom? Oh, we'll be upstairs in the bedroom making lovely rope ladders in case there's a fire. Okay. Children. So naive. What? Who's naive? I didn't say anything. So naive. Mm, this is so romantic. Oh, my darling, nothing is too romantic for you. Have some more liquor. <laughs> That's it. Drink up, my pretty. <laughs> Thanks for the love tip, 60 minutes, too. Mmm, funky. <sighs> hey there, little Red Riding Hood. I ate your granny, and now I'm in the mood for love. Oh, homie, I'm sorry. You know I usually bring my A-game to the bedroom, but tonight I just can't throw the heat. But it's St. Valentine's Day. God wants us to do it. <sniffs> 
You're so cute when you're begging for sex, but I'm just too tired. Well, my special mixtape will get you going. Oh no, that's Maggie's mixtape. And Maggie must have gotten... Sex bomb, sex bomb, you're my sex bomb. And baby, you can turn me on. <laughs> Maggie dances. Indeed she does, because uh, she's a sex bomb, apparently. Also, I want to say I really appreciated the extended baseball metaphor in Homer and Marge's lovemaking. That was relatively creative. I I don't. This does this uh, the literally the, the, all this has nothing to do with the main plot of the episode, we, and I think it's the large, the weakest part of the episode. Oh, for sure! Like the actual plot of the book doesn't start, or the book <laughs> the actual plot of the uh, entire episode doesn't even happen until Act Two. Like it doesn't even start to happen. So it's it's like they could have just skipped over and said, "Oh, you know, we you know this Valentine stuff. We don't need itchy and scratchy. We just have Homer gets turned down on Valentine's Day, goes for a walk." Finds a book. Done. But no. I, I mean, I don't mind the business class, which we'll get to in a bit. I don't mind that. But the, all this Valentine's Day stuff, all this preamble about Homer. Homer can just want a thing without wanting something else prior. Like, it feels like very much at this point, they are, they have like some sort of template that they've been given, Simpsons writers. And they're like, we have to f- match this template of, oh, they have s- unnecessary, uncop- unrelated crap that happens at the beginning, and then we can actually get to a plot. And I'm like, you don't need to. You can just have Homer want the thing orig- that he- you have him want right away. You don't need to have unrelated Valentine's Day things. But it's fine. Marge is, is she's not, you know, she's baseball metaphors. She's baseball metaphors. Summer goes for a walk uh, and sees lots of reminders of how alone he is, even though, what? I don't know. Who, Valentine's Day? Am I? Something like that. Yeah. Am I alone in this? I don't, who cares? Yep. Doesn't matter. Valentine's Day is over, over promised and under delivered every year. I'm like, I can just. Okay. So, and Homer, but I'm like, and also, why does Homer care so much since he i guess uh, he didn't have sex so maybe tomorrow like there's a lot of you're gonna be married for a long time homer like it's okay maybe like the next day it'll be okay it'll be all right um he's reminded of how lonely he is how everyone else has somebody else uh we get terrible billboards we get him walking by prison walking by a bunch of other people m- m- other springfieldians all in couples all having romance all in love all this leads to Homer coming to what, the community college or which was it? Somewhere where there are night classes. I, I didn't see. He just walks into a class, essentially. Yeah, it's a, a offering extension classes for adults. And we eventually get him to Dr. Hibbert's class, which is a stripping class for men. Strip for your wives. Strip. Well, specifically for husbands to strip for their wives. No other type of stripping is allowed in that class. Yeah. Um, sure. This is like, and this is even, and it's also not terribly funny either. Most of this early stuff. It's not. Uh, yeah. Cause it's, it's Dr. Hibbert uh, teaching the class because he danced under uh, the name Malcolm sex, which, okay. Decent joke. Uh, and then Homer uses up the oil for the entire class on himself. It's like, Oh, okay. Sure. Oil of, Oh yeah. Is the name yeah. of it. Um, so he gets kicked out of, gets kicked out of class. And is like sliding down the hallway because of the oil. Uh, and then eventually is f- falls down and is sliding on his back or whatever through the college. And eventually he ends up in a, a, a class, a, a success class, a business class of full of a, a, a. Do we ever get the guy's name or is it just I don't think so. A guy. Uh, is it on the book? Maybe. Maybe I mean, but I didn't catch it. If it, if I it was the title of the book, yeah, which we learned is Megatronics. Um, I have this is a longer clip. Uh, I kind of wanted it's it's good to give us. This basically takes us through the entire class and gets us through the end of the first act. You there? Yeah, the greasy naked bald man. <gasps> you know everything about me. What would you say if I offered you the secret of true success? Wipe me down and sign me up. <clears throat> 
The trick is to blot the oil. Wiping just pushes it around. You're preaching to the choir, man. Now, life is hard. Am I right? Oh, Wrong! Life is easy! You suck! You have to take life, you have to grab it by its little bunny ears and get in its face! God, look at you losers. I can read your minds. Ooh, ooh, I'm afraid of success. It's pizza's fault. I'm fat. Oh, I'll stop sucking. Later. Come here, give me your hand. It's okay. Well, thank you, teacher! <laughs> you see this watch? It's jammed with so many jewels, the hands can't move. What kind of watch do you have? Uh, well, I drew it on. See? Uh, you see that car out there? That's a Bentley Mark 12. They gave one to me, one to Steven Spielberg, and then they shot the guy who made it. Oh, I hate to be in that union. Friends, there's a force that runs through the universe. We used to call that force God. We now call it Megatronics, the 48 tips to corporate success. You know? mm. Woo, published by Kinko's. Do you want to be the ultimate you? Yes. Do you want to yodel at the top of the corporate mountain? Yes. Will you write me a check made out to cash? Good, yes. Tip one, live each day like it was your last. <laughs> I don't want to die. I'm so young. <laughs> Tip two, let nothing stand in your way. Listen up, life obstacles. From now on, nothing's going to stand in Homer Simpson's way. Do your homework. Don't do so much homework. Learn to talk. You, let's love now. Sounds good to me. Go on ahead. I'll just slow you down. What do you think about Megatronics, Matt? Well, it turns out it's easy to make a lot of money when you have gullible people make out checks to cash, so you never have to pay any of it in taxes, and you just get a whole bunch of money, uh, especially when it's your, your book is printed at Kinko's. <laughs> I thought that was actually a pretty good pretty good joke, because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is printed at Kinko's. Bad book. One of those shining red uh, red flags. I liked, I liked the business class. Um, I, I think I wish, I think my other... Like Homer's motivation for being a businessman, I think, is a little too weak. You know, I think that's it. it that's the largest problem, and it just yeah. needed it needed a little. We need a little bit more time with this this businessman. Um, you know, self help business guy who's like a snake oil salesman, con artist. Yeah, because they've had like Brad Garabedian or uh, Brad Goodman or it's stuff like that, like gurus that come to town that the Simpsons get involved with. And we got to spend a little bit more time with them. So it felt more organic that this would flow from Homer going to this class. Yeah, like Homer, if if you know, if Homer, because uh, Homer becomes like a disciple of this, like he follows this book. And it kind of informs his life this life choices for like the rest of this episode, and I think the rest of the episode is really good. Except I don't like he just wanders in this class and suddenly is really cares about all this stuff when he originally was just lonely because Valentine's Day kind of fizzled for him. Like if you don't have the Valentine's Day stuff, you can give more time to his motivation, guys. I don't know if you, but uh, it's it's fine. Um, he's now uh, a, a disciple of Megatronics. We go to commercial. Seven minutes, three seconds in. And when we come back, uh, we see Homer putting Megatronics into effect. Uh, as we saw in the previous act, uh, he came home and yelled at the kids and demanded sex from Marge. So that's that's about as far as it got. But he is a little more constructive in this act. Uh, Homer puts up a key hook. Uh, as he says, he is harnessing the awesome power of the hook. Uh, for Marge's keys and his donut and hat. So, you know, Marge doesn't have to use the bowl like a cave person anymore. Uh, Robbie has uh, put in notes here, Attack of the Clones sucked more, uh, because I believe we got a fight about that, but he's wrong. Phantom Menace sucked way more. No, man. Nothing, Robbie? No, I'm... Like, you want to do this, we can do it, all right? There's... I'm not saying... I'm not saying Phantom Menace is good. It's not even... Like, it's barely... Like, barely a movie, even. I'm just the saying. The only good thing about Phantom Menace is pod racing. Everything else about it is bad. Darth Maul. I'm gonna tell you something about Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Matt. All right. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. Take notes. That lightsaber got two blades. It it does. That's got, true. It's got two blades. Whirls it around. Chops chops people with them. It's pretty good. Pretty awesome. Said, 
it's pretty great. But uh, Darth Maul and the Clone Wars uh, show is, is way better. I, I, I don't want to hear any of your nerdy anim- animated Star Wars crap. All right, we're talking about these two terrible Star Wars prequels. <laughs> and <laughs> Attack of the Clones. Name one thing in Attack of the Clones that's good. Uh, let's see. Obi Wan's uh, chase of Jango Fett on Kamino. Incorrect. That is not good. It's it's like a, a pulse pounding chase it, scene. It cons- who who is he chase? Django Fett. All right. Bleh. Oh, Robbie, it's amazing how wrong you can be. Anyway, it, nothing uh, we see nothing it. in the Phantom Menace is as cringe worthy as the romances. All right, the romance well, scenes. Star Wars has never done romance well. That's why they they just completely kept it out of. Why would you uh, write it then? Because well, George Lucas is bad at a lot of things. <laughs> Okay, something we all can agree on. Exactly. Anyway, so uh, Homer goes uh, throughout the plant, uh, noting down all of the issues that the plant has, which are very, very many. Toxic waste gets dumped on people because they're walking around without lids on it. Uh, the emergency shower breathes fire. Uh, Lenny and Carl are attacking each other over which Star Wars movie sucked more. Uh, you know, I, obviously we can get into more of that later. But uh, Homer decides that thanks to megatronics he is going to take this information and give it to mr burns and mr burns is going to shower him with praise unfortunately that is not what happens mr burns i've made a list of recommendations to improve plant efficiency oh have you now well huzzah huzzah i'll just throw back my legs and pollute my britches with delight but the book said you would applaud my initiative and what book is that the ape who wanted a big bonus stop wasting my time you corn-fed man cow would you mind? Yes, sir. <coughs> oh, look at the little eels. Electric eels! So, yes, uh, Homer is brushed off by Mr. Burns is a polite way to put it. Um, so Homer has to throw himself down the, you know, uh, the electric eel shaft. Uh, when Homer goes to complain to the family, uh, they are... Not exactly the best at, at uh, you know, commiserating with him. Uh, Marge just says, oh, you know, don't worry about it. She doesn't really seem to care. And when Homer says he's going to Moe's, uh, she says, so my husband goes to a bar at night. Bloogie bloogie boo. She just says nonsense phrases. Uh, I'm not sure why. I like uh, her. Seems like a Matt, weird joke. I like her nonsense phrases. There's a, now. I do. I, I I like Marge's nonsense phrases. There's a lot of things in this episode that I've forgotten were in this in particular episode. A lot of things Interesting. That, I, that I always remember, a lot of jokes I remember that I kind of was like, well, I forget which episode it's from. They're in this one. And this is one of them. Marge's, oh, it's a big whoop. Oh, who cares? Oh, gibbledy gobbledy. You know? It's, I don't know. It feels like Marge to me. You know, she just says lots of stuff to try and, uh, you know. I mean, ease it's the, close, but Ease I... the existential dread that is trying to devour us all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, again, Marge is uh, talking nonsense uh, to the kids while Homer goes to Mo, uh, where his co-workers uh, commiserate with him correctly because they know how bad Mr. Burns can be. Uh, Mo somehow has not realized who Mr. Burns uh, is, despite them complaining about him for eight years. But he still suggests Sweet Lady Brick uh, to uh, Mr. Burns. Uh, Homer, of course, has a better idea. And he says, oh, mm, what I'm going to do is uh, better, what? better than Sweet Lady Brick. Better than sweetly, Homer thinks it is in a way. He is going to put a flaming bag of dog dew on Mr. Burns, uh, on Mr. Burns' uh, door, but I assume that's what he wanted to do. However, unfortunately, he has instead lit on fire at least his college fund, which, uh, yeah, he immediately puts out. But while he is at the door, he overhears uh, Burns and Smithers talking about dumping nuclear waste under Legoland. Uh, and we get an extended sequence of you know the consequences of that, which caused a whole bunch of uh, the things at Legoland to come alive, uh, not for everyone to die of cancer, which is what actually would happen. But that's mm, much sadder. We're going to go with this happy no, this version is... where some guy gets stuck by the Eiffel Tower and killed. I think this is science, man. I'm pretty sure this is a oh the, really? This, okay, this, this is, is ex- a new science I haven't heard about yet. So anyway, uh, when we come I'm gonna, back from here, I, I'm going to say this. This episode does, I think, it it does. There's a lot of cutaway gags in this one, which can be very hit or miss for me. These are mostly hit, though. Those are mostly hit. Yeah, 
this one especially, it's short enough that you, you don't look at it and go, oh, this is so stupid. You're just like, you, you pop right in, weird thing happens, guy gets stabbed with the Eiffel Tower thing, and the Eiffel Tower walks away to, you know, uh, the strains of a, what is that song? I cannot tell you. A very French-sounding song. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> French-sounding song. If you look up French classical song, you'll it'll it'll be the first one. It's Chopin? You know, whatever. Is it Chopin? Sure. Chopin Broccoli? So yes. Is it a waltz? And no matter what, though. Uh, when we come back, we find out that Mr. Burns is actually not the legal owner of the plant. Sir, for dumping that waste, you could go to jail. And a handsome man like you, I'd hate to think what would happen. <laughs> I wouldn't go to jail. The legal owner of this plant would. Canary M. Burns. <gasps> this entire plant is in his name. So when they come to put C.M. Burns in jail, it's the canary that does the time. Sir, can, can you do that? Oh, yes. Tycoons have been doing it for years. Why, Standard Oil was once owned by a half-eaten breakfast. So, yes, as we find out, Mr. Burns is not the legal owner of the plants. Although, as we have learned in previous uh, episodes, uh, Mr. Burns has investors who also own the plant. So, nope. uh, who nope. owns the plant nope. is dependent on the plot. I was going to say, that not in this episode. Matt. There's no investors in this one. I just watched it. Exactly. There's there's none. Uh, in this case, the legal owner of the plant is a canary. Uh, Standard Oil was owned by a half-eaten breakfast, which is – I would believe that. That's how uh, you know, um, uh, Rockefeller got rich is he pinned it all on a half-eaten breakfast. So at this point, uh, Homer gets a vision from the success guy. That's all we ever learned to call him. It tells him if he kills the bird, Mr. Burns will be at his mercy. So Homer – is a little trepidatious of this. He goes to the family. Uh, the family, for the most part, uh, tells him to go for it uh, because they can hear through the walls. He's talking to Marge at night. Uh, we also get a gag where Lisa punches through the walls because they are so thin. So obviously the kids have been traumatized by Homer and Marge's vigorous lovemaking in the past. I, I have, I have but, a, another question, Matt. This is, and, this is a, mm-hmm. and this is a thing that maybe is also true of this episode, which might explain some of my memories of certain jokes in it. Have they done the punch through the wall joke before? Yes, they have several times. Okay, that might explain. I mean, I can't say for uh, before this in the season thing, it, it, like from seasons one to fourteen, but they have definitely done it in seasons one through thirty-one several times. Okay, yeah. So nothing, nothing. I'm gonna it, ask it you. Before. I'm gonna ask you multiple more times if they've done a joke before, and to see if that's the only they repeat reason. Themselves sometimes it happens. Yeah, it's it's done. They've done uh, a lot of episodes. We also get the joke that the Simpsons, apparently, Marge and Homer do not have curtains in their. Uh, bedroom so ned is watching from the, a dark room directly I, across from them because creepy. i i despite myself i like this joke okay a little too creepy for my taste but you know that's that's who you are so uh <laughs> i Homer, just i hear i like it because it's actually it's really artful in the flanders you know they have the, the bit where it's like flanders just talking to them it's like hey maybe you want to put up curtains then he turns the light out, and then he puffs up. He's smoking a cigar, and you see only the light of the ember of the of the not the cigar, the the pipe. He's smoking right. a pipe, and you only see the light of the ember from the pipe. And I, it looks, it's nice. It looks nice. So I, I give him extra credit for that. Fair enough. So uh, the next night, uh, Homer and Bart go out to the plant, and uh, luckily for the the canary, uh, they do not kill the canary. They just kind of let it go and tell it. To, Bart tells it to fly out to the Canary Islands, which it has to come back and look up. How to get there, which again, good gag. That's something quick. It's adorable because the little bird is using a globe. Are there really canaries so, on the Canary Islands? There are not. You could have lied to me, man. I'm sorry, Robbie. Uh, Canary Islands are actually ruled by canaries. Uh, we humans are just visitors among them. I like that answer way more. Thank you. All right, that's the answer we're going to go with. Anyway, uh, so uh, Mr. Burns comes in the next morning and discovers that the canary is missing. Uh, he is, of course, despondent and angry and starts freaking out. Uh, Mr. Burn or uh, Homer comes into Mr. Burns's office to tell them, "Oh, the nuclear regulators are here. What are you going to do?" And Mr. Burns, at first, they go, they go back and forth for way too long about uh, Mr. Burns and a Patsy and Homer saying hello. And this joke makes me want to po- poke both my eardrums out because it goes on for way too long. But I'm uh, sure Robbie loved it. I love it. I thought it was fine. It was okay. It's okay. a it's an old style vaudeville kind of guy. I think I think it was anybody but Burns. I wouldn't like it. Because it's Burns, I can kind of cut it some slack because you can do like old, old style vaudeville type stuff with Burns in particular. And it works more for me than it does if this was like, I don't know, Carl or somebody, you know, like because and Burns is old and a little slow on the uptake sometimes. Yeah, that's true. But at the end of this, um, 
Mr. Burns finally decides that, oh, he's going to make Homer the new Patsy because Homer is playing dumb, which is not really that hard for him. So uh, as his first act, uh, Homer decides that, oh, no, he's going to take over the plants. Now, a few more details about this year's company picnic. It's at the plant. No food will be served. The only activity will be work. And the picnic is canceled. Finally, I would like to add to any nuclear inspectors in the crowd that the titular head of the power plant is now Mr. Homer G. Simpson. That's right. And as my first act, Mr. Burns, you're fired! That man's mad! Smithers, get this bedlamite an alienist! No, it's entirely within my power. Furthermore, there never were any nuclear inspectors. Check and mate. Now king me. So, the caterpillar has emerged from its cocoon as a shark with a gun for a mouth. I only have one thing to say to that. Bravo. Huh? We clashed lances on the Champ de Mar, and I have been bested. The plant is yours. Treat her well. Mr. Burns? Yes? Yeah. Eat crowd, old man! Ah! Yes. So, yes, uh, as you can hear, uh, that's the end of the act, except for Homer doing a crowd dive. Uh, Mr. Burns is kicked out of the plant. Homer is now in charge. And with that, we go to a commercial. Okay, I have another question for you, Matt. Okay. Did they, have they done that joke before, the bit with uh, Homer going, checkmate, now king me? I don't believe so. That This is the only episode I remember that being in. I could be wrong, but I'm sure our listeners will tell us. Okay, because I remember that. That feels like either it's just very, I remember it really distinctly because of this episode in particular, or they've done it multiple times. Um. I do like that Burns doesn't hold, isn't, like, Burns at, at the surface is like, congratulations, but later on. Obviously, he's, deep down, he's yeah, very, yeah, obviously. But, I mean, Burns also knows the slew of problems that Homer's about to encounter. Yeah. So, he's probably, you know, that's not too bad. So, uh, we come back from commercial, 14 minutes and 41 seconds. Um, so Homer is starting a new, a new era of management. And uh, has a brief talk with his employees. Mr. Burns' reign of terror is over! And today begins my reign of terrific management! I thought he was going to say terror. Oh, I didn't think he was going that way. Unlike Mr. Burns, I will respect you, the working class slob, because we are all equals. And now as I ascend this crystal staircase to my office, I say... Avert your gaze! Yay! Avert your gaze, man. Nope. No one tells me where I can look. Gosh darn it. No one? No one. All right. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can look where I want. I'm sorry, sir. I, I, I won't, That's right. I, I you better be. I won't. I won't. I won't try and challenge you ever again. Um. I mean, you can challenge me all kinds of things, just not where I look. Okay. I got. Okay. Understood. Set our Ground rules, boundaries are important. So Homer has fun with a, a door remote for the office. Lisa, meanwhile, is actually concerned about the earnings because, yeah, she apparently the plant hasn't been doing so hot. She, so, she's the accountant of the family. Is there any? I mean, Marge, you know, she, she d- does the books at home. That's true. She would probably be good at it, too. But Lisa happens to be the one here. Marge is at home going, give a gab <laughs> I guess in this episode, that's true. But is is Lisa why would Lisa be okay, is Lisa pro or anti nuclear power? Well, we've seen her be anti in the past, which is not a very scientific mindset to be, but in this thing she in this episode I believe she's just trying to help her father. Uh because uh maybe she's like, Oh, well obviously this nuclear pet plant is bad, but if it were run correctly, it would be good, which is true of actual nuclear power. Okay. I, I I'm yeah, I think at this point I think Lisa, you know, it depends on the era. I think we that's the it depends on what era of the show we're in where Lisa is pro or anti nuclear power. Um right now I, I think you're right in this episode. She just wants to help Homer cuz she's a nice daughter. That's true. Everyone and this, this is one of those things where the entire family works at one job. So Homer is now the the owner of the plant and all the ensuing responsibilities which are incredibly demanding of both his effort and his time. So he is swamped with work. We see him struggle with leadership of the plant. 
To make this plant economically viable, you've got to lay off 112 people. If you don't patch the leak in Cooling Tower 2, you will go to jail. Oh, I need a vacation. This is your vacation. Can I water ski a little bit? Fine. Homer, I'll go over the year-end profit forecast if you'll stop looking at my boobs. No deal. I got a gold star at school today for my expose on toxins and gold star adhesive. That's great, honey. Hold it up to the camera. Homie, I know you've got a lot of work to do, but this really isn't the same as eating dinner with your family. Look, there's nothing more important to me than you guys. I think luck has the best quality pork chop. Dad, this just isn't working. Lisa, I deeply resent those things with a big bowl of applesauce. Hey, Dad, you said you were going to play catch with me tonight. Well, I have to work, but give the monitor a kiss. I don't want to do that. Come on, boy, you're not too old to kiss your daddy's monitor. Hey, that's a printer port, not a finger hole. Everyone knows it's bad when someone fingers your printer port. Matt, you were... that's mm. not... we're a family show. <laughs> I'm so sorry, let's not talk about fingering printer ports then. Stop! God! <laughs> terrible uh-huh so homer's basically not really seeing the family much anymore he's just working 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 and, and as far as we can tell he's doing a good job at it which is unusual for homer yeah i i think it this episode takes it hand waves a lot of things away like how homer is suddenly competent at uh business and kind of i don't know assumes a lot of things um about why he was doing this in the first place like and i think that this is where the episode starts to suffer from the you know the first act not being really well established homer's motivation and everything because he's he's very busy now and he's successful but he misses his family and you know in normal in you know in this episode you'd think that the clash would be well he misses his family but he also desires to be really successful in business except we don't ever really have a good reason why he wants that so when it gets to the point where he has to choose one or the other there's not really any conflict there you know there's never a moment where you're like oh well i understand i see both sides you're just like well clearly he's just gonna go back to his family it's okay yeah, because like you said at the beginning of the episode, we don't see why Homer wants to be good in business all of a sudden. We, we don't see any – like if they had linked to, oh, Marge would have more time and would be more amenable to his you know, uh, bedtime advances if he just made more money and she could work less. If they had done something like that, it would be like, oh, well, obviously see why he wants to be good at, at business and make a lot of money so that they have more time to spend as a family. I mean that would be a good thing to establish because um, – then we could uh, set this up as an obvious conflict between the two. Yeah, you have to, you know, when there's a dilemma for a character and they have a choice between two things, and one choice is obviously better, obvious to the audience is better, there's, you know, there's that tension has kind of been dissolved, erased, has vanished. And we're just like, right. okay, well, I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't certainly make this episode bad because it's still like, is the episode's fairly cohesive. Uh, the jokes are pretty funny. I laughed multiple times through this. I, you know, I, I think the writing is actually pretty tight. It, it is actually very dense. And I wish it could have even gotten more in there if it just didn't have so much Valentine's Day crap at the beginning. Um, but it's still, I I think, still mostly good, and it's mostly there. Uh, Homer's working, working, uh, and you know, Bart wants him to look, what be there to watch them play baseball, or play baseball with him, play catch with him, I guess. And they're playing baseball right outside the plant, so Homer can hear them play baseball. Um, there's a very odd joke here about the name of baseball players. Really, I don't remember that. Oh, oh, about how they're like uh, they're not American names anymore. There's a, a Japanese name and a um, uh, uh, a Latin name. And I'm not. I, I, I here's what I want, Matt. Here's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want this to be just simply a statement about how the sport of baseball has changed and how these children idolize people of different cultures and ethnicities and nationalities. That's what I want yes. this to be. 
there's a part of me that just goes, oh, they're just making a simple joke because these names sound funny to Americans. I'm, that's a distinct possibility, unfortunately. So can I – how about this? I'll make a deal with you, Matt. If you don't say anything about it, I'm going to keep that first hope alive in my heart. For once, I'm not going to ruin anything for you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Homer's lamenting all this because he hears the kids playing baseball can't be there for his son. And just at this moment, Burton shows up uh, to talk about the plant, about the job, about everything. This is another long clip that takes us basically through the end of the episode, but I feel like all of it's pretty much worthwhile. Knock, knock. <gasps> Mr. Burns! Where's Mr. Smithers? He's doing 80 years on an opium bust. I never saw a man take to a Turkish prison so quickly. How did you ever run this place? You gotta turn away your family, fire your friends, work until the wee hours of the afternoon? Simpson and I worked here for three score and twain. That's 62 years in the new English. Now, come with me. I want to show you something. These are the people in my life I could never find time for because I was too busy working. This was my fiancée, Gertrude. I was working so hard I missed our wedding, our honeymoon, and our divorce proceedings. She died of loneliness. Loneliness and rabies. Do you see why I brought you here, Simpson? Yes. Yes. If I keep putting work first, I'll lose everyone I care about. Just like you did. Thank you, Mr. Burns. Thank you for... Steal my plant, will you? By the time you wake up, you'll be walled inside my mausoleum forever. <laughs> what are you doing? Scream all you like. No one will hear you. Right. I don't know why you're trying to steal a plant bag. I didn't even want it. Do keep begging. You're just wasting precious oxygen. Brick by brick, I seal his doom. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Dad, pitch to me. From now on, my only ambition is to be the world's greatest dad. Hey, you nearly hit me on the head. Quit crowding the plate. Oh, you want a piece of me? You see, this is the stuff Mom won't do with me. Yeah. I like the ending. The ending's pretty good. Uh, it's actually one of the better parts of this entire episode, quite frankly. It's very cute. Um, I, I like the cast. I I like the casting of Amontillado uh, reference. It's, it's one of those things I feel like they don't uh, do much anymore for some reason. Like a lot of literary jokes. I like the cast of Mana. I like the fact that Matt tried to make that a verb in our show notes. That's what I, I did. So uh, uh, that, I would say that's a portmanteau. Ha ha! Oh, Robbie, I thought that was good. It was good. Okay. I'll give you credit for that. Thank you. Um, and I think that, and that's the episode. That's how it ends with Homer and Bart. And frankly, Bart shouldn't crowd the plate. You know, that's you're going to get hit. That's what happens when you crowd the plate. You know? Exactly. I'm sorry, but uh. I, I like this episode. I I don't. I I th- hmm. I, I'm I'm debating if I would call it good. I, hmm. Good. Uh, I think good is at is a good is a decent enough term for this. I wouldn't call it great, but there were no weird side plots. All the characters felt like themselves for the most part. Homer was a little more uh, hardworking than usual, a little more conscientious, but. Mr. Burns was definitely Mr. Burns, uh, and most of the jokes weren't hideously offensive to anybody. I will. There is the, the Turkish prison joke. But I yeah. was going to say there is. I assume that means they're in Turkey, and there is that scene. I didn't include it because it's kind of a little rough. Is them going to I guess Turkey or at least a Middle Eastern country, and them like Morocco maybe or, or you know that that's what I that's the image I get the 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 image the the thought I get when I see that scene is when they want to buy drugs and there's some guy in a car, like in a market is like, everything is drugs. And then when Skinner, Skinner, when Smithers wants to buy something, he's like, we only take American money. A money is made of drugs. And I'm like, that, is that a real, is that like a stereotype I'm not aware of? Is that like, 
Of who the heck knows? Middle, middle, all middle, everything is made of drugs. Like I, maybe that's just, maybe it's just supposed to be absurd. That might make sense to me. But I, I don't know. I, I think you're right, Matt. I want to say that this episode is good. It could have been great. Like it, it gr- could have been because yeah, this great is within its reach. If it just was a little bit more smooth and streamlined, and established a little bit more motivation for Homer. Like I think that smooths over everything massages away a lot of the problems because if homer has a lot of motivation if he really wants to be good at business for whatever reason that means maybe he'll work harder he'll try really hard because he wants something so badly you know so that it it erases that you know it makes it the choice between the family and the job a little bit more tricky when he's if he really wants something you know he really wants respect or he really wants the money or if he really wants prestige, I don't know, something. And that's what the job gets him. But it's just kind of assumed that the job gets him that stuff. And Homer never says anything. He's just like, oh, yeah, I really like this Megatronics book. I kind of committed fraud that's, to get yes. this job. He did kind of commit fraud. Just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he tricked him. Is that really considered fraud? Um, I, Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, well, you can't really prove it, so it's one person's word against one other, so not no evidence that it didn't happen, right? Wink, wink. Correct. Okay. Uh, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Uh, hey, Matt. What's up, Robbie? You can ask me. You can ask me a question. Robbie, is this episode broken? I think we proved that it's not. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's not. But you still got to ask the question, Matt. It's part of the rules. True. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time. Comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments the news group is where I look through the old, uh, or the old, it's still still there. No homers.net forums. See what people thought of the episode when it came out. Uh, they, they usually had a handy dandy poll for the reactions, and then people would post comments about what they thought of the episode. Um, I they largely agree with us, Matt. They they really really like this one. There's only one only one percent voted one out of five. Wow, and only nine percent voted two out of five. So like ninety percent, three out of five or better. The vast majority four out of five at forty three and a half percent. Wow, wow, not bad. Wow, remember that? Remember that when that meme happened when we all went wow? Uh huh. Like uh, the Wilson boy. Owen the Wilson boy. Owen. That, is that Owen. Owen? It's Owen, right? Not Luke. Owen. It is Owen, yes. Owen. Oh my god, I love that so much. The Wilson boy. He's in uh he's in that new Wes Anderson movie. He's in every Wes Anderson movie. He's not in everyone. He's in only like most of them. Only most of them. I mean he Wes Anderson likes his he likes his guys. He likes those he yeah, likes he those he likes he those people. We're the same actors over and over and over again. I mean, I like most of those actors, so it's totally cool with me. That's true. We can let's see, we got uh we got some reviews. I got some reviews for you, Matt. Uh the first one. Much better than last week's in my opinion. Most people like last week's episode, but I didn't. Here, here. It didn't feel like a Simpsons episode, and this one really did, which is why I really liked it. It had many elements of classic Simpsons episodes, such as Homer actually being at work, talking things over with Marge in bed, and going to Moe's to talk his problems over. The plot was good and didn't jump around at all, which is nice. My only complaint with the overall story is that they should have had Homer spend more time actually working with Mr. Burns' job rather than getting it at the beginning of the third act. Perhaps it would have been better without the pointless sex Valentine's Day opening. Valentine's Day was a month ago anyway. Maybe I traveled back in time and wrote this. Uh, that might be the answer. This is probably the best Homer-centered episode in a long time. Homer was completely in character and not annoying at all. Plus, he didn't have a wacky adventure. Instead, he had a realistic situation and a real problem to think about, and he made the right choices for his family. This episode represents the reason we like Homer in the first place. Four out of five or a B plus. Here, here. That's good. I like that one a lot. I, yeah, curse, I, I did that on. I did pick it, so that might explain it. Uh, next review. Three out of five. This episode wasn't spectacular like many of the recent ones, but there were several laugh-out-loud scenes slash lines, such as Maggie dancing it to the tape, Mole Man going through the window, Smithers doing time for the opium. Looking back on it, the plot was indeed logical and well done, but too many, jo- too many jokes fell flat for me. There were too many wacky scenes, such as Legoland and the bird pointing out the islands on the globe. Bah. Not a bad episode by any means, but nothing too memorable. I mean, the bird was only pointing out the island where they rule, as kings. Uh, of course. I hope you're ready for this to be podcast canon for the next 360 episodes, Matt. Sure. Why not? Okay. 
Our last review. I disliked this episode plain and simple. Major disappointment. In addition, this episode lacked all the things that made last week's episode so enjoyable. The subtle touches Ugh. and laughs were gone. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that came out too much. Ew, what the hell? This episode seemed to hit the audience over the head with the joke instead of allowing the viewers to know, notice it themselves. Lastly, this episode didn't strike a chord with me, emotionalized like the dad who knew too little, a star is born again, special Edna, and pray anything dead. Two out of five. For shame, Al for shame. Who, who are you? What's wrong with you? What? What? Pray anything. Jesus, dog. Was that a dog? Uh, well, that right there was the turtle because the dog freaked out because there was probably a raccoon at the front door and she's freaking out because she's the worst. So the turtle freaked out because the dog freaked out? Yep. The turtle's that smart? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's it <laughs> for uh comment for the comments of the news group this week. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Lister Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL's gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question week this week is what is your favorite political gag? Uh, all these came from Twitter because we don't have Facebook right now. Uh, so there's a little bit, there's a fewer of them than there have been, but I do appreciate everyone who answers, takes the time. First from Lauren at LCombie88. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. <laughs> hmm. From James, James underscore Warwick, from She House of Horror 7, uh, abortions for all. Uh, very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. <sighs> yeah, I don't, you're not gonna. Nope. That's not gonna work anymore, guys. I don't know if, if, I don't know if it worked in, back in 1996, but that is not gonna fly. That you can't have a compromise is not allowable in politics anymore. Uh, Tom at Tom O'Digri. Uh They're really socking it to that Spiro Agnew guy. He must work there or something. A joke I did not get at the time. Well, no, because no, no one knows that Spiro Agnew was Nixon's first uh, guy. First guy? First uh, vice president. I mean, I knew it. I mean, I know it now, I guess. I didn't know it then. I was a kid. Well, yeah. Um... From Chris at 10speed123, Mr. President, serious cracks are forming in the Greco-Bolivian alliance. Get me Jed Colic. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, from Ridge at Real Ridge Odell, don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. That's the, the echoing cry of apathetic politics, American politics. Brother Seamus at Eric, uh, Eric Stabone. Eric, Eric Stabone? Whatever. Uh, we want something that says we're gay and Republican. It's a little too on the nose, isn't it? <laughs> uh, finally, from Gina Man at Eugene R. McGrath. Uh, Democrats, we can't govern. We hate life in ourselves. Republicans, we want what's worse for everyone. We're just plain evil. Amen to both of those things. Yeah. Matt, what's your answer? Uh... I'll be dead in the cold, cold ground before I uh, recognize Missouri. Only 47 stars on that flag. I'm actually seconding Gene. Gino Man's answer, uh, the Democrats, they're like literally like Democrats, we can't govern, we hate life and ourselves, and Republicans, we want what's worse for everyone, we're just plain evil. Like, I can't, pretty much completely captures my opinions about the two-party system yep. that we find ourselves trapped in. In the middle of a pandemic. Yay, pandemic. Remember when we played that board game, Matt? I, I do, and then we never knew it was going to become real. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for your answers. Next week's question, what's your favorite Homer slash Burns moment combined? You know, Homer and Burns moment together. There's uh, many, many, many of them. I, still have to th I have to think about mine. I don't have one that came straight to my head. So that tells me I'm, we got like contenders probably i'll post this question on our social media which at the moment is just twitter at at simpson show pod at at at, at simpson show pod excuse me i'm sorry i'm messing up my cadence here you can also email us at simpson at gmail.com and i'll you know i i don't always reply to all the emails but i do read them um maybe facebook will come back <laughs> i'll let you guys know when i know we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am smart. I am smart. S-M-R-T. 
I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a tight race so far mm-hmm. this season. Matt has, again, I believe one point lead on me. Let me check. Let me look at the type. Yep, Matt has a one point lead on me. Um, we're we're every we're getting closer and closer to the end, Matt. I had a lead for a very short time, and then I gave it up because I'm too dumb. Uh, give me an easy question. Your easy question for today: What sport does the whole town start obsessing about in Bart Star? Football. You are correct. Yay! Your easy question, Matt. In and Maggie makes three. Homer gets a job. Where? Uh, at the bowling alley. That is correct. What's the medium question? All right, your medium question. What famous football star guest stars in Bart Star? I know his name. Jets quarterback. What's his name, Matt? I know it. I figured it was, about, it was at least a 50-50 chance you'd get this one. So jo- I go for a medium question. Joe Namath. Namath, Joe Namath. You are correct. I knew Namath. I was, I was trying to get his first name. I was like, Joe Namath. Good job, Robbie. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'll accept your pity. I need it. <laughs> All right, your medium question, Matt. What does Homer's going away jacket from the Bolorama say? Um, okay. Something along the lines of we will never forget you. Oh, God, what is it? Because the acid rain washes it away. Um, oof, oof. I know, the dog's being a pain in the butt. Come on, Matt. Um, I don't know. Uh, best pin monkey ever. <laughs> You're gonna kick yourself. Okay. It says sorry. You had to split. Oh, of course. Sigh. What's my hard question? Your hard question for this week: What car issue does Joe Namath do a PSA on at the end of the episode? Vapor lock. Damn it! Thought there was no way you would remember that. I had a hard time remembering his first name that i had remembering vapor lock yeah right okay your hard question matt how does marge describe her pictures of bart asleep there are one two three four five different ways and five different pictures okay uh here he is snoozing here he is dozing here uh, sleepy time after a visit from the sandman um napping how many were there there's five. There's five. Okay, I think that's five. So what were they again? Snoozing, dozing? Snoozing, dozing, sleepy time, visit Sa- from the Sandman, and napping. You got... Oh, actually, I think one of them was all tuckered out. <laughs> what is this? What, 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 what are we doing? How this many... is me trying to come back. <laughs> how how we keep giving... You keep giving me different answers, man. What are your final five answers? Oh, God. Uh, okay. Um... It is sleeping. Uh, here he is sleeping. Here he is dozing. Here he is. Uh, at, here he is all tuckered <laughs> out. A visit, a visit from the Sandman and sleeping. <laughs> you did sleeping twice. No. You said sleeping and then ended with sleeping, Matt. Okay. No, I said napping, dozing. No, you uh, did not. You didn't say that. <laughs> You said sleeping, right, fine, dozing, Sandman, tuckered out, and right, then I meant napping, dozing, sleeping Sandman. again. You, they're all in there, okay? You didn't get them all. I'm sorry. Oh, which one didn't I get? Here, okay. Here, here I'm going to read them. This is in specific order. Here's Bart sleeping. Here he is dozing. Here he is after a visit from the Sandman. Here's nappy time, Bart. Nappy time. And here he is all tuckered out. I feel like napping should qualify for a nappy time. I mean, these are very. This is very specific answers I'm looking uh-huh. for, man. I'll give you partial credit. I'll give you two out of three points. Okay, thank you. Because I feel like I, for getting all of them with one slight variation gets me at least two points. It's a hard question. Definitely was, and it made me laugh. <laughs> so that's well, why yeah. I was looking at the episode on Freaky Act, and I looked at it, it, made me laugh. So I mean, I'm like, I'll make it a question. It made me laugh. Uh, here, here he is. Visit, visit, visit. It's a very Marge thing to do, I think. 
just take a bunch of pictures of sleeping little baby Bart. Oh, yeah, because the only time he's not raising hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know, Matt, today has been a rough day. We're recording this on the Thursday. I'm sure there'll be more calamity between now and the time oh, you guys listen to this. Because every day lasts six years now. Um, but a lot of calamity today. But guess what? I'm in the lead again on trivia. Two point lead. Thank you very much. Sigh. Matt's going to go harder on me next week to punish me. Absolutely. Uh, but for now, I have the lead. We can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. And how good they are. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It's a tough one. We don't really know where it should go. Um, I have, I have a pretty good, I think I have a, a, an area for it. Would you care to share said area? I think it's in probably the 150s, maybe, maybe, or 160s. I think it's a, in the low 160s or high 150s is my general vicinity okay. i think. i was actually looking similar i was looking at i am furious yellow and i think this is actually a little better than i am furious yellow i think i agree with you i think this is better than i am Furious Yellow. the upper 150s then okay is it better than homer versus lisa and the eighth commandment Ooh, i have a weird soft spot for that episode I, honestly right above that is is radio bart marge gets a job i think it's right in there um i, I don't think it's as good as the day the violence died i think we can say that for sure uh, they, all these are um, these are like you know classic golden year episodes mostly that i'm kind of soft on and that i don't like i don't think they're as good as our memories of wow, them okay are. okay I, they're not they're, you know they're not bad they're good because i we earlier called this episode good i think these episodes are also good but i think like my heart like i think the day the violence died is good i don't know like most of the I don't know. It's it's fun, but it's also, you know, kind of just like a lot of it's just a bunch. It's like it's probably like it and Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie are like the two best like animation parody episodes. Right. I think those two like this is not as good as Poochie, but it's still like fun. It's There's not a lot of like depth there. It's mostly just laughs, like which is similar to this one. I think there's a little bit more. This one. See, I, I look at right below it at New Kid on the Block, and that one I feel like is a very uh, pathos-heavy episode for Bart, and, and I think this is is not quite as good as that. Yeah, I think you you win me over with that argument, Matt. I think you won't be need you won't be needing this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's it's kind of like an all-time great sequence from the show. Yeah, I think it's better than Radio Bart, though. I don't know that. I would that, probably agree. Radio Bart has has some issues that this one skirts around. I mean, a lot like Radio Bart isn't bad. I think it's good, but Timmy O'Toole and stuff like I think a lot of our appreciation of it is just rooted in nostalgia. I think the episode itself is like simple and fine, but it's like very simple. It's just like you know, I, a lot of times we trump up, trump, you know, talk about how great it's so simple and it makes it work and. It, I don't maybe in like two years we'll look back and we're like why did we put this episode above Radio Bart maybe but I don't maybe I, I don't really care about Sting that much but might also have a part of it true unless we're talking about the wrestler Sting but we're not do you even know who the wrestler Sting is Matt of course I know who the wrestler Sting is I was a kid in the late 90s he existed for many different eras other than the late 90s Matt yep okay well, he perfect. was he was surfer Sting in the 80s in the early nineties, what's wrong with surf? Surfer Sting's great. I'm sure. I'm I love. Sure that's a good. Uh, I love thing for, surf. Uh, I love Surfer Sting. I, I dressed up as Surfer Sting for Halloween when I was a kid, little kid. Love Surfer Sting. He's a big dude with spike blonde hair and face paint. What's not to like? Well, and then when I'm a teenager, nothing, nothing. he turns into the crow Sting, and then I'm he's all broody and angsty. I guess who, who yeah. guess I'm now I'm now I'm broody and angsty. So I'm per it's perfect, perfect. All right, C.E. Doe is a new number 158 on our list, right above uh, Radio Bart, right below. Marge gets a job. 
Or, oh, wait, we didn't say if it was better than Marge Gets a Job. Crap. Uh, I would say, uh, ooh, tough one. I think it's better than Marge Gets a Job, honestly. Gonna have to yeah, redo it. Honestly, I'm, Marge have Gets to undo a Job this. as. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right, then. Okay. Retract my earlier statement. C.E. Doe is new number 157 on our list. Right above Marge Gets a Job. And right below, New Kid on the Block. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list is still Strong Arms of the Mall. What a terrible episode that is. Our next episode is... Excuse me while I kiss the sky. You remember I this don't one? I remember what that one's about. Declan Desmond documentary about, Interesting. about Springfield Elementary. And then we huh. get city light pollution, basically. Right, right, right. So they turn off the lights at night, and so... Yeah. Yeah. Stuff happens. The weird B plot that doesn't have anything to do with the A plot. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Um... That'll do it for us today. Uh, you can find this list at our websites, thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there. Facebook, if we have one. Twitter, RS, RSS feed, our Patreon. If you want to help out the show, we'd really appreciate it. Get a bunch of bonus podcasts on top of it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. And my website is RobbieDorman.com, which includes links to buy all my novels, including my newest novel underneath a uh, story of Frozen Terror. Set in an Antarctic research station uh, full of body horror and paranoia. Great for fans of the thing or the terror. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. But after being inspired by this episode, I've decided that I'm going to climb to the top of the corporate ladder. So you'll have to check all the 10K filings for all the major Fortune uh, 1000 companies to find communications from me. They will be very cleverly hidden. So, you know, if you want to get back to me, just uh, do some SEC filings. I'm Ravi. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.